0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Today Kelvin Newman tells us how to set up a paid search campaign in AdWords. Enjoy. I'm Kelvin Newman, and this is the Internet Marketing Podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk you through some of the fundamentals of how you set up a paid search campaign in AdWords. And I'm also going to talk you through some of the match types that are available in AdWords, which if you're new to AdWords is kind of some of the fundamental ways in which when you put a keyword into AdWords, how that affects the adverts you're triggered for, because it's not always quite as intuitive and natural as you might think it would be. So when you set up a campaign, you've essentially got a like a two tier, two level um, hierarchy system that you can use. So that starts at the account level. So an account would have a credit card, an invoicing address, and all of that sort of stuff at that level. You should have one account per limited company as well. Now, if you're an agency, uh, it's possible for you to have a level above this, uh, what's known as an MCC, uh, which allows you to manage multiple accounts. But for most of you, if you're working brand side or in-house, or if you're a business owner, you'll just have the account level. Then below the account, you've got the campaign level, and you can have lots of different campaigns, and I'll cover the the precise number and limits a little bit later on in today's episode. But a campaign level, you might choose to set that up in however you wish. But you've got that tier. Then below that, you've got another tier called ad groups, and it's in those ad groups, the adverts themselves and the keywords live. So when you're thinking about the structure that you use for your paid search campaign, you need to think in terms of what campaigns am I running and what ad groups sit in those campaigns and which keywords sit in which ad groups. And this leads you to this process, right? A PPC management process that probably starts off with competitor research or maybe keyword research as we've covered in some fairly recent episodes. Now you take those keywords and you need to develop the campaign structure So you need to take the keyword list that you get, put them into campaigns, put them into ad groups. Then for each keyword or each ad group you've got, you need to create some adverts to test. You then need to do some landing page development or landing page matching. So which pages of your site are you going to use and how are you going to match them up to the the keywords and adverts that are in your campaign? You then need to measure the conversions. So are the people going through to your website doing what you want? If you've not got conversion tracking set up, Please don't run paid search because you'll only be judging on the clicks. You want to be judging on the conversions and then you can monitor those results and then start and refine the whole process again. So how might that work? Well, maybe if you've got an account and you're a mobile phone retailer, you might have a campaign based on a brand. So maybe Nokia. And then in that Nokia campaign, you might have multiple different ad groups And one of those ad groups might be product-led. So maybe it's for, I don't know, my favorite Nokia of all time, the N95, right? So you might have an N95 pay-as-you-go ad group. Then in that ad group, you would have keywords like Nokia N95 pay-as-you-go, N95 pay-as-you-go, and other keywords that are specifically that. Then you might have another ad group that was N95 contract, which would then maybe include where people were searching N95 contract, and then maybe you'd have a different ad group, a third ad group that was N95, where it wasn't specified, whether it was a pay-as-you-go or a contract, right? So that's kind of how that structure might start to break out. And in the ad groups, you want keywords where, though they might vary, um, generally speaking, you want as few keywords in an ad group as possible, because like, it's hard to hit the limit on the number of ad groups that you can have. So therefore you want the ad groups to be as specific as you possibly can. But where you are combining keywords, you want them to be the persons looking for an identical product. So whereas someone's searching Nokia N95 pay as you go and N95 pay as you go, they mean the same thing. But what you wouldn't want is a keyword there where if there was some contracted ones, because you want adverts that are to do with that specific need that that particular search has got. Another way you might want to organize them, so that was quite product driven, is maybe by um, setting up your account by user intent. So maybe you would have um, a campaign that would be TVs, say, for example. And then you might have ad groups that might be top of the funnel, mid funnel, lower funnel. And then you could use broader keywords there. So maybe top of the funnel, you might have keywords like TV reviews, which TV is best, plasma versus LCD or plasma or LCD, and then maybe mid funnel you might have like tv discounts or TVs on sale or best store to buy TVs that might be a place that you could look to be the middle of the funnel and then maybe lower funnel where maybe it's like the specific product name of a TV or 70 inch you know samsung lcd where it's a far more specific search query that people are making to so the pages you take them through to would vary as well so Probably, you know, the lower funnel would be a product page, a mid funnel would probably be a category page, and then the top of the funnel might be a kind of informational page, like a blog or or a kind of you know, resource page that you've got. Regardless of how you set up your campaigns, though, it's really important to think about how you name them. You'd be amazed the number of AdWords accounts I've logged into that's got new campaign or or new new campaign or old new campaign, and all of these types of naming conventions. Try and keep it consistent, and also it's good to kind of include the information in the campaign or ad group that you know would would help you when you're trying to find the particular keyword that you might want to turn off. So you could go maybe by campaign type, so you've kind of got you know the the discipline within AdWords you're using. So maybe it's search hyphen whatever the theme is. Then if it's it the the match type, so it might be search tv exact search tv broad all of that type of thing or maybe you could do theme then type and all that kind of thing and if you are doing geo targeting it's good to include that as well and try and use a consistent naming convention so is it you know is it the two letter country code is it a three letter country code is it the full name of the country so just try and keep that consistent and i know that sounds sort of super boring and adminy but you'd be amazed how much time that'll save you down the line So what are those limits? We talked about some of the limits of campaigns and ad groups you could have. Well, campaign and ad group limits, there's 10,000 campaigns you can have in an account. And that includes both active and pause campaigns. Because that number's so high, I don't ever really recommend deleting a campaign unless you're getting near those limits. It's much better to pause it than delete it. And per campaign, you can have um, 20,000 ad groups. So my mental arithmetic's terrible, but you know, in terms of total ad groups, you can have ten thousand campaigns if all of them had twenty thousand ad groups in. That's when you start to be getting near the limit, and that doesn't happen too frequently. I'm not aware of too many businesses that are really don't like pushing hard against that limit. And then per ad group, you can then have two, oh, sorry, twenty thousand. Different targeting items. So, what that would probably mean is twenty thousand keywords in a normal conventional campaign. So, you can have twenty thousand keywords per ad group. You can have twenty thousand ad groups, and you can have twenty thousand ad groups per ten and ten thousand campaigns. It's a lot, right? So, basically, what I'm getting at there is it's quite hard um, for you to get sort of near the limit there on that side of things. So, that's the keyword levels in terms of the ads themselves. Um, you can have three hundred image ads in there, fifty um, text and nominate non-image gallery ads per ad group Um, and in total you can have four million different ad groups that are active or paused per account so that one can sometimes get a little bit nearer the limit than some of the other ones but not too much of an issue i find too frequently so on to the match types now if you're new to paid search this is one of the areas that can sometimes take the most time to get your head around so i'm going to take some time slow it down and really explain this If you're more familiar with paid search, this will probably come instinctively to you. But it has changed a little bit over time as well. So if you've not done paid search for a couple of years, it's worth kind of listening through here because there have been some changes. So essentially, there's three original forms of match typing, uh, of match type with a a more recent one that's kind of coming as well. So I'll go through the the three historical main match types first, then talk about the, the more recently added one as well. So a exact match, when you put a keyword into your campaign and if you put it in square brackets, so if we're, for example here, um, this is a good example I've taken from webranking.com. So if you put men's formal shoes in square brackets, that's exact match. So that would mean your keyword, would your, if that was the only keyword that was in your campaign, your advert would only appear if someone put that precise phrase in, nothing more, nothing less. You've then got phrase match. So if you want to put a keyword in on phrase match in your campaign, you need to put it in inverted commas. So this would be inverted comma, men's formal shoes, close inverted commas. The words have to appear in that order, but you can have something before, you can have something after, or you can have something before and after. So that would allow that keyword, if that was the only keyword in your campaign, so cheap men's formal shoes, your advert would appear. If it was men's formal shoes in London, that would appear. You could also appear for cheap men's formal shoes in London because the phrase is intact. What you put either side doesn't matter. You have then got broad match. So that's the expanded broad match, right? So this is the kind of, you put in men's formal shoes, no notation around it, just as that, which then means your keywords could appear for things like men's flip-flops, women's shoes, maybe for, maybe formal dresses, maybe even shoes. So broad matches is just Google think they're related, but there's no precision there to that. That doesn't mean you don't wanna do broad match because it's gonna be great for discovering keywords that you hadn't thought of. Then in between that, you've got the, the modified broad match, right? So fully modified broad match puts a plus in front of the word. So in this example that we've got for the men's formal shoes, we'd have plus men's, plus formal, plus shoes. So that means those words have got to be in there. But they can be in any order and you can have other additional words in there as well. So then men's formal shoes could trigger formal men's shoes. The order's changed or maybe the order's changed and there's an additional word in there as well. So that would allow for it. And then you can do that on different levels as well. So if you had men's formal shoes, we had a plus in front of the men's plus in front of the shoes. That would allow the formal to drop in and out. But it must have men's must have shoes. And then you could do it with just one word. So if you had men's formal shoes, but only the shoes with a plus in front, that could allow all the other words to change, but it must have the word shoes on there. So hopefully that gives you a bit of a sense. I'm going to walk it through again um, because I think this makes more sense as I explain it. So let's go back again. We'll start with broad. So broad match is the default option. With broad match, your ad may show if a search term contains the keyword term in any order, or possibly along with other terms. So you'd have variations. Um, your ads can show for close variations and you know the closeness is kind of where the, the definition lies there, that it's broad by name and it's broad by nature. So sticking with broad match as the default can be great if you don't wanna spend a lot of time choosing your keywords. Um, and if you're all about reach, it can work really well, but it will mean the downside to broad is that you will get irrelevant traffic through to your site. And the only way you can manage that is by including negative keywords in your broad match campaign. So for example, if you had women's hats um, as a keyword on broad, your advert could appear for women's hats, exactly the same, buy ladies hats, women's caps, hats for girls, women's hats, buy red hats for women. All of those variations could be triggered by just having that one keyword on your campaign on broad. Now broad match modifier, so this is the newer one, allows you to put a modifier, which is the plus symbol, in front of any of the terms that are part of that phrase. So by adding the modifier, your ads can only show when someone's search contains those modified terms or something very, very close, so close variance. So um, unlike broad match keyword, modified broad match keywords won't show your ad for synonyms which broad would have done all related searches so it gives you a level of control that you've got there so if you want to make sure that one word is definitely in there you can put the plus symbol depending on the number of words you've got is the number of kind of you know variations you've got in there to vary with it so if we had both on um, modified broad so we'd have women's hats so it's plus women's plus hats our ads could show for women's hats buy women's hats hats for women because we've got both of those words in there. The order can change in whatever order it likes, but both words have to be there. But the ad wouldn't show for a search query like helmets for women or women's visors because it didn't have the word hats on it. Okay, on to phrase match. So phrase match, um, your ad shows when someone searches for the exact phrase, but it can have something before or after. So using phrase match, it can help you reach more customers, you still have quite precise targeting. So you, you shouldn't get too many that are too far off there. Um, and when you're putting in, you're putting phrase in, you have to put the exclamation marks, uh, sorry, the inverted commas around it either side. So the, the inverted commas either side. So in that example, women's hats, again, the keyword, but now it's on phrase. So the ad would show for women's hats, buy women's hats, women's hats. So, cause you've got a plural there, that's a close variant um, or women's hats but it wouldn't show the girls' hats or even women's baseball hats because the baseball bit's in the middle, it breaks the phrase, therefore it wouldn't show. Now, exact, this is one that's changed, right? Um, So with exact match, your ads can only appear when someone searches for your exact keyword without any other terms. But Google may also show your ad when someone searches for what's known as a close variation of that specific keyword. So I'll come to close variations in a second, but if there's any additional words... It won't show. So again, women's hats could show for women's hats or women's hats, but never buy women's hats or never women's hats on sale because there's additional words there. So in all of the different match types, it includes close variations or close variants. And close variations include misspellings, singular or plural, acronyms or stemmings such as floor or floorings, abbreviations and accents. So what does that mean? Well, if you had on phrase match, kids scooter, your ad could then appear for kids scooter and kid scooters because they're plural, right? So they're close variants. Um, so, yeah, you don't get complete control on phrase or exact because of this close variations that we've got there. You do have negative keywords, however, which is the ability to set keywords in your campaign that allow you to strategically restrict your paid search advertisement so they only reach your best potential audience so you might want to use phrases like free cheap or discount as negative keywords so hopefully that's given you a good sense of how to set up your campaign the structure you might want to use but additionally the match types so when you put a keyword in you could put it in on all of those different keyword types and still trigger on different search search queries that people are searching for So that's kind of really fundamental to the understanding of paid search is that your structure is important because it allows you to set your bids. You can do all your targeting based upon that. But additionally, when you put your keyword in, you've got degrees of control. Sometimes it makes sense to loosen up that degree of control to reach as many people as possible, then refine it down over time. Other people, if you've got very limited budgets, it might be better to start with that very restricted campaign, except that you're missing out on some potential customers, but you're certain that you aren't also spending money on poorly targeted customers. Now, with all of these, it's really important to understand that when someone does search for a query, there's the difference between the keyword they put in and the keyword that triggers the advert. The default reports in Google AdWords show you the keyword that triggered the advert, not necessarily the keyword that the person typed, right? So if we were bidding on the kind of um, kids scooters one there, and and we had kids scooter on phrase match, and someone has searched for cheap kids scooter, the default report would show that click as the person coming from kid scooter, not cheap kids scooter. So there is a report called the search terms report, which you can run, which in that instance would have showed you that the person was searching for cheap kids scooters. So do make use of that report. It allows you to add more phrases, be more specific, and see what your broad match keywords, which keywords it's actually triggering. So hopefully that gives you a real good overview of the fundamentals of paid search, how you set up your campaign. In future paid search episodes, we're going to talk through about how you might write those adverts, a little bit about the targeting and building a business case, and really give you a good sense of everything you need to know to have a really successful paid search campaign. Well, thanks for listening. The show notes are at sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, please leave a review because it helps us to grow the audience and that helps us to help more people. If you've got questions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And if you want to leave an audio message or a question, it's plus plus four four one We'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.